Having to become a leader on a particular technology today is no guarantee that you're going to be a leader tomorrow. Welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. Today's leader, Cristiano Amon, the CEO of tech giant Qualcomm. He'll talk about the digital technologies that are poised to transform our lives. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum, and this is Meet the Leader. The cycle of innovation is now accelerated. We, we don't have a choice. We have to reinvent ourselves uh, all the time. Cristiano Amon understands transformation. As the CEO of tech multinational Qualcomm, his company has been a pioneer in everything from software to cellular connectivity. He talked to me in Davos at the annual meeting about how new technologies will ensure we're more intelligently connected, leveraging the cloud for changes in healthcare, retail, manufacturing, and energy. He shared how Qualcomm drives innovative thinking in its teams and the simple framework it uses to decide which disruptive ideas to take forward. He'll talk about all that and how he stays current on the latest and greatest. But first, he'll define for us what the digital transformation is and how it can change our lives. We've been on this mission to make sure that everything is intelligently connected. I feel when you when you look at the app, possibility of making those devices intelligent, they have the ability you know, to be connected with the cloud 100% of the time, you enable this digital transformation. And we see that has been very impactful pretty much every industry. So when you ask me, and what does it mean? So if you think about, for example, an industry like retail, and you think, what's the future of retail? And, and especially a large retail. Well, every retail, we learned to the pandemic, has now to implement e-commerce. You have to have e-commerce in your retail. You need a lot of technology to transform you know, the business. How, how for example, you are monitoring the shelves in real time, how you manage your stock, where you have the activity, how you can sell online and, and have the ability to somebody to know how to pick up your order. So there's a lot of technology, but then you go to healthcare. The ability to multiply healthcare with telehealth, with the ability to extend the hospital to, to different locations, all enabled by technologies, just connectivity and digital. And you go to manufacturing, you go to energy and so forth. So I think digital transformation is happening at a very fast pace. It has proven to be very resilient regardless of the macroeconomics. People will see the role of technology for growth. They see the role of technology to become more efficient. And uh, I think technology will continue to change people's lives. Is there a particular um, innovation that you're really excited about? So as uh, a company that has been, you know, for every generation of wireless, I go back to the, the cellular part of Qualcomm. And uh, I think technology that is 3G, 4G, 5G, that's what put it on the map. We looked at every, every one of those uh, technologies that came in the mobile space to solve a problem, right? The, the, the role of 2G was can everybody in the world have a phone? The role of 3G is can your phone communicate with the internet. The role of 4G was, can your phone become a computer? And then I think when you think about uh, the role of 5G, can you be connected to the cloud 100% of the time and then everything else being connected? And we saw through those transitions, the evolution of device and how, how that shape when we think about what is the predominant computing platform. The computing platform used to be the personal computer and now is the phone. So what I'm excited about it is, what is the next computing platform? And we've been working uh, for probably more than a decade in fundamental research to 
make glasses, uh, you know, the bridge between the physical world and the digital world. And I, I'm excited about what's actually happening with that. You know, I think you talk about it within the metaverse, but virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. It's uh, within the next five to 10 years, uh, we expect that, uh, you know, you're going to have a glass that's going to be a companion of your phone. And eventually you're just going to have the glass. And I think that's a, a transformation of technology that uh, we're very excited about. And what would be different? What would you be able to possibly, potentially, uh, do with the, the glasses that maybe people could, could give them a little bit of a sense of taste of the future? If you if you think about uh, the fully immersive augmented reality, right? Uh, you know, today you're when you know you look at everybody looking at their phones, you're kind of limited by the screen. You know, you have access now to unlimited computing power from the cloud, uh, artificial intelligence on the cloud and your device. And then if you have the ability to have glasses, you can see how this is going to change. So I'll walk you to some future use cases. So first of all, when something as simple as talking to someone having a phone call. We used to, you know, we'll talk on our phones like this, and then all of a sudden we're holding our phones and texting. That's in the 4G era. In the pandemic, we learned to hold the phone right in front of you for a video telephony. Tomorrow with our glasses, I could just render you right right in front of my eyes as a holographic display. And a, and a simple conversation is going to be like you and I have this experience right now in real. The same thing, you can walk into a place and uh you can identify people immediately go to the cloud and see who are they, what are their, what, what information is available for them on LinkedIn, is that a, is it part of my contacts, all the way to things that you want to have information. I think it's going to be an, a new array of use cases and uh, many of those things we don't even know because they're yet to be invented. How do you think uh, it might even change the future of work? Oh, dramatically. Um, you know, especially we're starting to see right now some early applications of this technology. When people are now uh, working from home or collaborating, you're starting to see some activity. You see, you know, companies like Meta and Microsoft doing this. The ability not only for you to have multiple virtual screens that you can see, but also how you can collaborate in a meeting space with other people, uh, but more fully immersed. So that's, that's one, um, you know, technology technology that is still in this early stages, but I think there's a lot of growth potential. What, what could hold any of this back? I, I think it's just time. Uh, I don't think, I don't think the, I think the, the roadmap for the technology and I think the, what's going to happen in the future is very clear. But like everything, you know, you need the scale and you need time for technology to mature and get to the price points that, uh, you can actually, you know, do this not for a few thousands of people, but hundreds of millions of people, uh, or things. And, uh, I think we're going to see that within the next five years. What is really, really key to making sure that your staff, that teams, that everyone is thinking outside the box, pushing, you know, pushing the envelope, but also still investing in things that, you know, having that balance, investing in things that are like good bets. <laughs> you know, well, how do you balance that? And how do you sort of, um, while still sort of keeping people encouraged and like challenged? I think that speaks a little bit about our company culture. You know, the, the interesting thing about uh, our company and the sector that we are in the tech sector, it's we, we don't have a choice. We have to reinvent ourselves uh, all the time. I, you know, the technology that we have today, especially given the high speed of innovation, uh, like for example, not only we're doing phones, we're doing cars, we're doing an industrial, you know, the cycle of innovation is now accelerated. You have new disruptive technology coming sometimes on an annual basis. And having to, to become, you know, a leader on a particular technology today is no guarantee that you're going to be a leader tomorrow. And I think that 
you know, requires an organization that is used to be always reinventing uh, themselves. The other aspect is, and, and that's another unique thing about Qualcomm. I think we're, we're, we're a very technical company. I think the ability to make both long-term bets. Uh, sometimes we have like this, just this conversation we had on virtual reality. We have to invest on those things before they were popular or people know about it. And the ability to take long-term bets and invest in technology that is risky, but it has a lot of potential. What are the factors to consider uh, to make that determination that, you know, hey, it's risky, but worth it? What uh, is there like a like a three top, top three ingredients that you would need to have uh, for that? I think the first one is, can you solve a real problem? Is, is, is this is this a technology in in search of a solution or exactly a true solution? You can solve a real problem. You can have clarity of what the use case or what the use case potential is. I think that's that's. That's one. The second one is, and that's, you know, uh, sometimes um, uh, companies that uh, embark on innovation, even go to other industries, like we're in the process of diversifying ourselves, going to automotive, going to industrial, uh, going to com- personal computing and entering the PC space. Companies used to make a very good assessment of what their core competences are. Yeah. Like, do you have the core competences required for the innovation? And if you don't, do you know how to get it? I think that's the second one. And then I think the third one, you needed to have motivated teams uh, to embark on that journey. Is there maybe like a gut check somebody can have to make sure one of the things you'd mentioned that you don't want to, just because you're great today, doesn't mean that you're guaranteed. Your spot on the top isn't guaranteed. Uh, and so if somebody had an amazing technology that was a game changer, that was a, a leader, and everyone was trying to, to kind of um, mimic and build on that. Um, you, know, uh, you know, how can they make sure that they're not uh, resting on their laurels? Is there a tell uh, that maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're still thinking about winning yesterday's game? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good question. I, it's, it, it maybe it's consistent to what I said before. I think the, the worst thing that can happen to companies is to become complacent, yeah. right? And uh, I think as always, you have to, to remember what got you into to that position in the first place and how you not lose that. You know, I, you know, we're, we're relatively large company, but I, I often internally talk about it. We classify ourselves, are we the world largest startup company? And I think you have to keep that mentality. And also it's, um, I think part of the technology cycle, when you develop something that's very successful, you build on this. I think part of the, is to keep the curiosity to say, what are we going to do next? Uh, so you have been at Qualcomm since 1995, is that correct? How have you changed as a leader in that time? Over time, I, I had an opportunity to work in a number of different areas at Qualcomm. Um, had an, been very privileged to be part of every single wireless transition since the days of analog cell phones and the ability to be part of some of those uh, technology transformation. I guess I I evolve with it, sure. but um, I don't know if I can tell you that, you know, I really changed much. I think what, what is different when you become a leader, it's really less about what you can do and how, how you change for the job, but can you surround yourself with people, they're going to be better at doing that than you're than you can do yourself and give them the conditions to succeed. And I think, if anything, that's what changed with leadership. Um, as leaders are evaluating their teams to make sure that they are giving them those conditions, what should they be looking for? How can they sort of uh, scan to make sure that they're giving them those the, the environment they need? You know, it's, a, it's often challenging big companies, especially when you're doing multiple things at once. I'm always being a big believer of you empower teams. I think, uh, you know, you, you make sure that they are 
of course, uh, leaders want their teams to be accountable, accountable to results, but you also need to empower them and, and make sure that they are able to, to do the things that they need to succeed. In a company like Qualcomm, which is it's very important part of our culture, is we we often talk about one Qualcomm, even though there are different teams, different business, different areas of research. Can we collaborate and work as one so that we have the ability to tap on resources when we need them? And I think that uh, one of the things that you know we do and I have done with the teams, and uh, and I think the the other one is uh, it's it's okay to experiment fail, learn from your failures, and uh, and that's how we we get better and how how we do the new and disruptive things. Working in innovation, um, is there something that, that you do to kind of, you know, get new ideas or to be inspired or to kind of plug yourself into what's new and what's fresh? One of the things that, that I personally do, and uh, that's actually one of the reasons I'm here in Davos, yeah. I, I spend a lot of time talking to other companies, to other sectors for other companies, many of our partners, especially now as we as a company are expanding to so many different industries beyond mobile. I spend a lot of time trying to understand what are the problems they're trying to solve. And that help us as a company try to identify what what is the technology solution to that. And I think that has been extremely helpful, especially as we go into deep into automotive, deep into uh, you know the industrial part of uh, of IoT to actually understand from our customers what are the end goals, and that has gave us great uh, input uh, for the innovation cycle. Um, is there a piece of advice that uh, you've always been grateful for? I often ask this question also internally. I think uh, there's there's two things that have been extremely useful for me. Uh, to spend time understanding what are the things that I can do well, what are the things that I cannot do well, and then make sure I, I surround myself with people that are going to be able to do the things I don't do well uh, way better than I'll be able to do it. The second thing is it's incredibly powerful, I think, the power of people. So I always over-communicate. You know, I do things like like every year we have the whole strategy on a page that we distribute to every single employee in the company, regardless of uh, what area they work on. And I think the, the power of aligned people on a mission, there's a lot of smart people. What the collective of the smart people can, can do uh, to build on the strategy is way more powerful than one person doing it. One of the themes of, of, the, of the last few years has been resilience um, and also sort of, you know, trying to sort of tap into a range of uh, different uh, uh, leaders and uh, what, they, what they're able to push forward. What do you think is the role of public leadership at a time like now where there's multiple crises? As we know, the, the Global Risk Report has said there's a poly crisis going on, energy and climate. Um, what is the role of public leadership right now? I'll probably give you an, an answer which is uh, maybe somewhat related to our sector. But I think now more than ever, I yeah. think the importance of public and private partnership are, are paramount, and especially when when you think about how technology can solve many of those or challenges, whether it's uh, energy and sustainability, whether it's uh, enable us to continue to have a global interconnected economy. I think, uh, you know, the word is really collaboration and partnership. What should leaders be prioritizing this next year? You know, I think it's it's been a topic of conversation as always, the importance of more efficient and uh, affordable energy, but also maybe a little bit biased from our side. We think that there's an incredible uh, future of the digital economy. The economy will have a big digital component. But for that to happen, you need to have critical infrastructure. 
roads and ports and railroads and the electrical grid. I think the communication networks, the 5G and the fiber networks are going to be extremely important for this digital economy. That's going to be the backbone of uh, digital. So I think government should uh, always prioritize the ability to have that critical digital infrastructure to build their economy on. And is there a certain hallmark of excellence in public leadership? I applaud a lot of the initiatives uh, across many regions, many countries, to basically incentivize the application of technology, including the public sector, to basically make easier for, for companies to do business, to create a startup community. And uh, I think uh, more important, I think the willingness to, to partner broadly with the private sector. That was Cristiano Amon. Thanks so much to Cristiano and thanks so much to you for listening. A transcript of this episode and my colleagues' episodes, Radio Davos and the Book Club Podcast, is available at wef.ch slash podcasts. If you liked this episode, check out episode 50 with Philips' innovation chief, Shaz Partovi. This former physician-turned-health-tech innovator shares what his early career taught him about tackling tough problems. He also takes us through the questions that you should ask yourself to ensure you are truly innovating. This episode of Meet the Leader was presented and produced by me, with Juan Toran as studio engineer and Gareth Nolan driving studio production. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lacina with the World Economic Forum. Have a great day.